You're listening to Todd's Podcast with your host, Todd Hartwell. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, comment, and share it with a friend. Hello, hello, hello. This is Todd Hartwell on Todd's Podcast. Thanks for joining in. Today, we're going to talk about something super exciting, and we're going to talk about growth. You got to ask yourself, are you part of the 1%? And I'm not talking about, oh, I make, uh, you know, above $750,000 a year. Actually, the 1% isn't that high. But the fact is, is that that's not what we're talking about. And we're not talking about the 99%, which is, you know, can be uh, a political football in its own right. Because uh, this isn't about the this is and the thems and the haves and the haves nots. This is about the 1% on how to grow your business. It's super important to understand how to eat an elephant. You're like, Todd, what the heck are you talking about? If you were instructed to eat an elephant, if you sat there and stared at the entire elephant, you were like, there's no way in heck I can eat an entire elephant. Not that I think elephant's probably good meat because it looks like it's not. But as the phrase goes, when you're looking at a financial elephant, you can't eat the whole thing all at once. You can't eat your financial problem all at once. You must take it in small spots. So that's what the 1% is about. The rule of the 1% is simply defined as improving your customer service 1% at a time or improving your customer service 1% at a time. Before you can do this, you must have consistently perfected or it will never work. This 1% may seem small, but if you approach the vision of your company with baby steps, you will find a huge increase over a solid chunk of time. It's not the sprint, it's the marathon. So if you take this and apply this to all the departments of your business, imagine if I said to you, you're going to improve 12% over every single part of your business in the next year. What would that do to your bottom line? What would that do with your increase in revenue, your cost-cutting cost savings uh, attempts, your ability to more efficiently handle your customers, you're more efficiently able to onboard new customers? I mean, you just can't even imagine the number, but you should imagine it because that's also part of being a powerful business owner. It's avoiding doing too much all at once or you'll set yourself up for failure. Everybody does this on January 1st. They're like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to the gym more often. I'm going to lose weight. And then by March, they do none of it. Think of the confidence you and your employees would have when you improve 1% even by the week. Gosh, by the week, it'd be a 50% improvement over the year. Super powerful. While rules and standards are necessary for growth, always be flexible for the best of your customer. Now, that's not saying that you have so many different uh, rules for each particular customer because you've got to keep the standards, right? You can't have so many SKUs because it meets this customer's need, not that customer's need. The next thing you know, you're running around doing too many little fine-tuned things for too many customers. Sometimes you got to train your customers into your system so that you can best serve them and others. Most retailers only allow for a certain set of number of dressing rooms to reduce the risk of shoplifting, for example. 
but it generally restricts a large percent of the people who are not stealing from you. So you got to go with this versus that. Flexibility is what you want to deliver to your customers to give them a customized feel without being over-customized to where your business isn't functionable. And consistency is the key and how you deliver it. Now, the bottom line is the customers that you're servicing. They rely on you to deliver what you promised. And of course, that's super important, right? If you spend too much time on bulky advertising that promises more than you can deliver, even at your best intentions, you will unravel quickly and you will fail. So make sure that you're able to not overpromise and underdeliver. It's better to underpromise and overdeliver. Focus on your vision and baby steps to turn your satisfied customers into raving fans, as the book says. Now, we're talking about customer satisfaction today and just changing it by 1% a week, 1% a week, 1% a week. You'll see that you'll have better customer service than ever before. And you don't have to necessarily, depending on the size of your company, you don't necessarily have to focus just on one thing at a time without focusing on too much at one time. But if you've got a couple department heads, you know, if you're a company of five or six, each person can be delegated to improve the the company Uh in multiple areas for example uh the warehouse can really kind of work on customer satisfaction when they answer the phone and getting back to uh customers inquiries complaints challenges delivery times just improving that now while they're doing warehouse work they are certainly in the customer service industry right and so it's important for them to always be on the edge to get the best customer experience Meanwhile, at the same time, the folks on the phone taking quarters or uh, your sales staff or your account management staff are more direct front line to the customer. And you got to figure out how to improve those things. So there's two different diverse departments that are both working for the customer's uh, uh, experience to improve and for the customer service to improve 1%. At the same time, The warehouse could also be figuring out how to improve 1% weekly on the efficiencies of intake of product or raw goods and output. So there's all sorts of different things. So they can work on multiple things and you'll see your company just leapfrog into the future. I hope you learned a lot by what we're talking about in the customer service areas. And just it's the 1%. It's the 1% of these little things. There's a concept out there. Uh, that's used in financial markets, right? And it's called compounding interest. And this is exactly what I teach in regards to coaching customers is that it's compound improvements bring down huge, huge numbers, both on the revenue side and on the back end side where (laughs) it's the money you get to keep because that's the key, right? A lot of people get um, too focused on in generating new sales. While new sales are awesome and sales f- cures all ills, right? If you're bringing on new sales and you only generate, let's say, 30% margin on a new customer, but while on an existing customer, you might have a margin that's 35 or 40% because you'd have to go chase that new customer down. So you got to ask yourself, 
do I need more new customers or do I need to get more business from the customers I have? Well, one sure way to get more out of what you got is improving the customer service section of your business. Because guaranteed, while you might have one particular client that you're really knocking its socks off and they're your biggest customer, great. You might have some other ones that are hidden giants that you're not realizing. And oh my gosh, they could be bigger than your biggest customers if only you were working the customer service angle and other angles at a more efficient time. So I really want you to, as you're thinking about and hearing this, take it to heart. Come up with a plan. Again, everything is based on a, on a execution of a good plan. What's the phrase? A good plan poorly executed is no longer even a good plan. But an average plan executed perfectly brings on excellence everywhere and you get to reap the benefits. So everything you're trying to do is to improve your business. I once had a, a buddy in the printing business, right? It was a small shop back in the day, right? Franchised uh, uh, printing thing. And they had pretty much busted out to where they could no longer run the presses any longer. <laughs> you know, they would have to bring on a second shift. That won't gonna happen. They'd have to blow out and buy the uh, the uh, store next door to put in more presses. If that was and that that was an overwhelming uh, cost and um, risk of uh, expansion. So, getting uh, more customers to bring on these little jobs, honestly, because that's what this this shop did a lot of, would never have made sense. It just wouldn't. They would, they would have to uh, start taking longer to get um, customers what they wanted or have to work longer in order to get them on time or, you know, there's all these things. So what they needed to do is get more profitable customers. So they were at the point where they could pick and choose what kind of work they wanted to take and also start increasing their pricing, which people are so lax to do. Because sometimes that's the right answer. I, I once had a had an opportunity for a job inside my parents' house. And it was to rip down a shower area and then kind of rebuild it up, back up. And I had a guy who was willing to do the work. Uh, but when it came to the demo, he came up with a price that was like $500. And this was a really small kind of down-in-the-basement type of a shower deal. You know, and... Basically, he had priced himself out in such a fashion that we weren't going to take him up on that offer, right? But for him, he had other jobs probably lined up, hopefully, uh, that it made sense for him to say, in order for me to come and do this really simple, stupid thing, I'm going to charge $500. Uh, and if they take me on, and then, shoot, I'm, I'm, I'm happy in high cotton, right? We didn't take him up on that because it was too high, right? So he, he pushed us away as a customer for the little job while he probably, and like I said, hopefully, had better paying jobs that it made more sense. But he took the risk by saying, give me $500, I'll do it. And yeah, it would have been an insane profitable thing for him to do. Well, same applies for you. When you get to a certain point where you've got all the customers you need, 
because you've improved your customer service in such a fashion, then you can start picking your price. And in fact, your current customers won't budge from you when you have to increase your pricing because they're like, there's no way in heck I'm leaving the awesome service I get. Because fear of change, remember, fear of change stops people from moving from one thing to the other, even though there seems to be a cost uh, improvement. Because then they start weighing out, oh my gosh, is it really worth the 3 or 7 or 12%, right? And, so, and oftentimes it's not enough. I used to be in an industry, oh, hated it, hated it. It was the uniform business back in the day. And, you know, the people who wore the clothes would have ripped tags and armpits worn out and buttons missing and this that and the other thing and they'd have to bring the complaints to the to the manager and the manager would then make complaints to the driver and the driver would then make complaints to the wherever to his shop and none of it would get done they all say it would get done but it never got done that was that was the easy selling point right but then when it got time for pricing uh you'd lose out because uh, company a was at five and a quarter cents per shirt per week and you were at five and an eighth or five and so the the fare of change for a quarter of a penny <laughs> per shirt wasn't enough for them to budge of changing out all the lockers changing out all the uniforms changing 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 it just didn't make sense for them to do it or you'd get beat out because there was a quarter cent difference and they did they they kept what they had because it was only a quarter of cents because because they did not value the customer service coming back Right. They didn't they didn't they just didn't get that the customer service would overwhelm them. And that's why sometimes you got to give away a little business to get a business to get your foot in the door. And then you got to wow them with the customer experience and the customer experience, you know, is, is business owners. It's everything. It's from the phone call hang up to delivery of the service or product and the follow up to make sure everything was OK. You know, we're not novices at this. And if you are, hey, this is great stuff. It's super important. It's the small things that really make the big things happen. And that's what we're talking about in regards to the 1%. If you change things 1% at a time, if you can do it 1% per week, that's a 50% improvement over the year. If you could do it 1% a month and you do a couple different divisions inside your company, improve 1%, holy mackerel, that's a 12% across the board improvement in all your divisions. Whew. Katie, by the door, the money's going to flow. Or the money's not going to flow out of your pockets into somebody else's because you were smart with your money because you made a 12% improvement on your bottom line. If I said I, your business would improve in its costs alone, 12% over the year, I'm telling you, some of that's a pretty good-sized number. right? If, you're, if you've got costs of money going out at 100000 and you save 12 percent. Now you now you get to now it only costs you eighty eight thousand. That's twelve thousand dollars you get to keep in house. I don't know. That's that's a good number right there. I don't know about you guys. I like that number. I'll take twelve thousand dollars every single day. I'll do it twice on Sunday if you let me. All right. So again. It's the 1%. It's the little things that keep you moving along. I hate to harp on this, but I don't. 
because it's so important. It is so important. It's just keeping your eye on the prize and knowing that not everything is such an overwhelming situation. If you do what is important, seldom will you have to do what is urgent. Too many people are running around doing all the urgent tasks because they neglect the important tasks until they get turned into urgent. And that's when we turn into that that uh, bozo circus, keep the plates spinning on the uh, sticks thing. And then soon all the plates start wobbling and falling and you got broken glassware everywhere because you're too busy not keeping the plates spinning in an appropriate time at the appropriate time in a consistent manner and improving it 1% at a time. Mm. That's what I'm here to tell you guys, gals. That's what I'm here to tell you. It is possible. You just got to keep your eye on the prize and keep it small. You don't necessarily need draconian changes in everything that's going on unless you've got a huge problem and that turns into that urgent versus important. But even after you've made a draconian change, and even after you've made a big change in your business, you got to look at it and then know that you need to try to improve it and tweak it 1% because that big change may not be perfect as it fits to your particular need, right? A company comes in, they've got a new service offering for you. You say, let's bring them on. And then it's like, yeah, but you still gonna need to pay attention to it because you know how it is. Nothing is as advertised, even your own services. You aren't as advertised until everybody gets trained on both the front end and the back end of that, right? If you're a accounting firm, and you're coming in, you're going to do your bookkeeping, you know that there's a ramp-up period of making sure that everything is just perfectly done and perfectly received. You might have uh, be able be perfectly able to do the bookkeeping for a company, but that company's not like giving you all the information on a timely manner. Well, then you can't do your job so good. So now it doesn't look like it's really good, but if you're doing great customer service and you're keeping them on their toes, because sometimes that's what you as a entrepreneur to do, make sure that your customer is on their toes so that you can best serve them. That's part of that 1% where you got to tweak a new customer into, into place. You got to get them trained. Remember, McDonald's is ran by 17-year-olds, at least it used to be, right? You, we were probably all old enough to remember. You'd walk in, there'd be a 17-year-old kid behind the counter with his mouth half gave, he gaped open. You'd walk up and he'd see on the screen, how may I help you? And he'd read off, how may I help you? And you'd say, I would like it. And then your mouth would gape halfway open. And you'd look at the board because you've been trained to have your mouth halfway open in front of the McDonald's cashier, stare at the board. And then you wouldn't even say, I want a hamburger. I want a cheeseburger. I want a quarter pounder. You'd say, I'd like a number four. Number four, you can't eat a number four, but apparently at McDonald's, you can't eat a number four. And the customer service that they had provided has trained you as a customer to stand there with your mouth gaped open because everybody did it. Their mouth partly opened. It's like watching someone juggle. Their mouth opens and they say number four. Then a 17-year-old kid would look down at the screen. He'd push in number four or as a picture of a hamburger because I worked at McDonald's for two weeks. And then a screen, across the screen, he, it would flash across. Ask customer if they'd like to supersize them. And then he would say, would you like to supersize that? And you'd go, oh, that sounds yummy. And then they just increased their sales on you. You were trained to help them run their business. Everyone knows how to interact when you walk into a McDonald's. They didn't do it from the get-go. They, they just made incremental changes, and they catch you every single time walking in. This is how we service you. 
this is how we service you. This is how we service you. This is how we service you. And then you walk in, you go, I know, I got it. I got it. This is how you service me. And voila, you've got a raving customer that's going to just do great. You probably could have reached across the counter, grabbed the computer from the kid, pushed to the number four, say yes, supersize it, stuck your, oh, wait a minute, we do that now. Because <laughs> now we have kiosks. So it's little 1% increments that'll prove your business. I'm not saying to become a McDonald's. I am saying become the best business you can be for your family, for your employees, and for your customers so that we will have a great and awesome day every single day at work. Guys, this has been a great time with you, and I will see you, and I really do mean you, at the top. You're listening to Todd's Podcast with your host, Todd Hartwell. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, comment, and share it with a friend.